right in hindsight uh, because i feel that the more we're pushing people to hustle and to say you need it now the more it's just going to become um, you know people are going to get more overwhelmed anxiety will go up um failure will also be looked at as something like you know as much as we say failure is a stepping stone to success and all that stuff um you also need time to process things between failures and if we don't do that um you just going to keep running and at some point you're just going to be so exhausted you don't you won't know what to do guest to someone who's also a podcaster and a content creator whose journey is nothing short of inspiring because of his constant urge to learn the co-founder and chief content officer of the glitch varun dugirala every time i speak to varun or consume his content one of the first question that comes to my mind is how does he manage to do this all in a day's time like run a company create content be with family and take care of his own self you know by regular exercising etc and which is exactly what we spoke in today's episode learning and structuring so many things going on in your life while life goes on let me formally tell you uh, welcome to questions i wanted to ask <laughs> so happy to have you happy to be here i've been uh, been looking forward to this chat same here same here you know i have to tell you this that uh, i think when i started consuming audio right as a pod- through podcast uh, of course we are like everyone we all go to those international formats and all mm. of that stuff mm. and this was probably the time that i think you just started advertising is that one one and a half years i don't know exactly like somewhere yeah, around so, that um 20 18ish sometime late 2018 is when i started so yeah so little over two, like what two two and a half, two odd years Ha. So uh, this was also the this is the time when you know kind of I I I started listening to a lot of international this thing and you were the first I guess Indian creator I started like listening to uh, you know from a podcast perspective and I used to in fact I used to message you a lot mm. like after hearing couple of episodes and saying okay this resonated this this yeah. thing and I was yeah. like and I used to always think that you know what a cool job you know Varun's doing uh, especially from a marketing advertising and uh, the ecosystem perspective mm-hmm. and now uh, you know now having you on the podcast and of course mine is not very industry specific and all of that i was like wow this is like circle of life because <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> also, and i remember those chats because i remember in the early days and even now one of the things i enjoy the most is when you get a message from someone who's listened to it and found something of value and so um, also helps helps you kind of figure out okay what people really like and sometimes yes. it will surprise you the episodes they like the points they like and so um i i remember those messages yeah and also i think uh now having i mean i'm very new entrant to this entire creation world i've been indirectly associated of these years <laughs> but uh i just it's just that happens to that i decided now to say okay i know <laughs> what what i'm doing yeah. but uh, it's interesting because i think your journey is also something i resonate very very closely with right uh having worked on the creation side of things indirectly yeah. uh commissioned got commissioned stuff like that i mean those who don't know commissioning means content uh commissioning of the content mm-hmm. piece uh and then you know looking at your journey moving from audio to various things you're doing of course our genres are slightly different that ways mm-hmm. but uh, uh you know i i i feel that 
oh my god there's somebody to kind of you know i could resonate i could look up to i could kind of learn so much and that's why i keep i think you know sharing so many things and saying okay oh this is interesting that is interesting so thank you for doing that uh, i'm happy it helps right uh, uh, in in whichever small way possible is um because i feel that you know there was always this thing that create the creator piece was was very like um, young person's job to call yeah. that but yeah um and at some point i feel there's so much value you can actually give by just putting content out there and yes. and at some point you don't realize that uh, it's not about and i say this to even like you know the newer creators who i chat with right who are like okay i want to be a youtuber like like sometimes chat with some of these 15 16 year olds 17 year olds who want to be youtubers and i'm like you're in you have to be no rush like i am almost 40 exactly. and i feel like i have a lot of time to do this you're not 20 yet you have yeah. like i mean it's it's, it's a, a long it's a, way it's a, in fact you know when i started talking about the the world of creators and what actually goes into making and you would have seen that i'm putting a lot of this on mm. through my instagram and through my other yeah, social yeah, media yeah. pages that that was the intention because i having worked with a with so many artists so many creators a lot of these gaming creators etc i realized they're all in so much of rush whereas what they don't realize is that any of the some of the most talented creators in the country today whether it's a jose whether mm. it's tanmay they have yeah. all gone years through that process of writing and you know they have written shows and scripts which probably a lot of these guys don't even know about yeah yeah totally and right? like you mentioned tanmay right that's so interesting because a jose because i remember him you as dr jose uh, on radio uh, before he even became a vj um and uh, but but tanmay is a great example at tanmay so right Was that right? Or in television? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, so has Jose. So I mean, look at Danish's journey. If you see, uh, Malika said, was a copywriter. Said Danish, that's funny. Uh, I got him on one of my podcasts, and he said that people kept calling him when the uh, videos started doing well in the pandemic, and he's calling yeah. him an overnight success. He's like, I'm doing this for ten years. Ten years. He's like, it's not an overnight success, but yeah, it's so true. So I mean, not to take away from the young creators who also get like really popular in. you know in maybe a month or two month and all of that they i mean that's the beauty of social media mm. but i think some of the best talent in this country have taken years and years and yeah. probably i i i mean if i look at your journey also and i'm talking particularly as a creator not as the mm. businessman right mm. you've been involved in creative or the process of creating you know whether it was ads earlier or whether it yeah. was digital you know media etc yeah. but now there's this sudden thing of saying uh, or you know trying to say what what you have learned all three yeah, years yeah, and i yeah. i kind of correlate because i've also gone i'm going through that similar uh, yeah. process uh, whatever but tell me now when there's so much going on right uh, i think what what first of all what is going on like you know so you're running a business you're creating content of course you have a home and family to you know to be with the care look after whatever mm-hmm. and then you as a person well, yeah. i just want you to tell me what all is going on in your life so um i'll go step by step i, I started hosting advertising is dead what 2018 sometime second half of it um and at that time was a lot more complicated if i think about it in hindsight like literally finish work um you know drive an hour to the ibm studio record over there um come back an hour go an hour and like in between at least an hour and a half look at like pre chat etc so yeah. giving a decent chunk of time one evening of the week um yeah. whereas now that recording is like one hour you schedule in like on on zoom yeah. um so if i actually say what i do now is that i do um 
one episode per week of advertising is dead or 135 episodes i think in now um i started hosting a podcast called useless information last year which i brought back in a newer form which is now called the varun dogi show um which also evolved as a format from march to now um so i do two two episodes of that a week um, one on mondays wow. one on fridays uh, both of them are solo episodes now i found that simpler to do and i thought it's an interesting format i've started to enjoy it's just like short format um just audio blog format in that sense so that happens on mondays and fridays i have a plan for wednesdays very soon which will wow um, which will mostly be useless information it's very yeah, addictive yeah, yeah. also because I, I really wanted to bring useless information back um mm. but i i wanted to bring it back in the shorter format and then from time to time maybe have chat so yeah. that will mostly be wednesdays um i've also started to really my youtube channel started off as a very random thing to just put up the full form videos full of form the it. podcast yeah. um i've actually enjoyed learning how vlogs work um yeah so it's now mostly hopefully be at least two times a month if not four times a month eventually um i also write a weekly newsletter which started off weirdly enough when i was taking a one month break from advertising is dead um because i'm in the process of writing a book and yeah. i wanted some form of public validation that people will read what i write um so i started a newsletter um so that happens like every saturday morning so every saturday morning i, I it's scheduled out and it goes to everyone so yeah so i have i've content that goes out on mondays tuesdays soon wednesdays um fridays saturday. and uh, saturdays saturday. um thursdays will mostly be when my youtube videos will start coming out regularly it's been i flip that around most times that's, and uh, that's sundays are days off sundays are days off yeah i mean i wouldn't i won't uh, kind of buy in that they are days off but uh, only the output from an output perspective yeah um, and also so but none of these take an exorbitant amount of time for me to be sure. very honest um sure i generally bank them out um so like advertising is that like i have like episodes recorded for the next 4 weeks already done sure. um varundugi show um i'm actually I, i do about 2 weeks at a shot i record all the solo ones at a shot and so that's pretty much and so i try to bulk them i bulk Uh, record them out um the only thing i try to do week on week is the newsletter because i like that process of just like sitting on a friday or a thursday and sitting and writing that down um and the rest of the time goes for glitch and home and and i i think i can only do this because i'm do- working from home um i don't sure. think i'd be able to do all of this if i was still going to an office um and had that commute time had everything else in place so um some pros in that front but uh, yeah so if i have to understand this you exercise for hmm. maybe hour a day Uh, I, I'm trying yeah, to kind of understand your day, right? You exercise oh, on a my, day. My day is very easy to explain. I have a very clearly, okay. um, as much as possible, formatted out day. Um, sure. I wake up very early, and not by out of choice. It it became out of um, compulsion because my older dog wakes me up at five a.m. between five and six a.m. to go take a leak. So uh, I have to wake up. So what I started to do was I started waking up earlier. So I start my day a little early in that sense, right? So what four thirty five. No, I I don't think I'm out of bed before six thirty, but uh, that is generally what it is. And uh, and so I I try to write the book, uh, work on the book uh, most days between that six thirty to eight a.m. period. Um, sure. I also do a I also journal once in a while just for like just like processing what's in what's in your head and stuff like yeah. that. And uh, yeah. so post eight, honestly, I spend a lot of time like like regular home stuff, right? Like hang with Leia. There's she wakes up around that time, so all that happens. Um, workout between. 10:30 and um 12 sometime find about half an hour 45 minutes to work out and sure. uh, so that's kind of sorted out um glitch calls pretty much go on through that i have twice a week when i record um 
at max for advertising is dead. So I have clear slots on two days in the week when I try to schedule in the advertising is dead recordings, which is generally in the afternoons, like sure. two to three or three to four. Um, and um, the vlogs happen when I have an extra hour uh, during the week or on the weekend. So then you're working till like evening. Is there a cutoff time for glitch glitch to take rest uh, then? Thankfully, I haven't been stretched on calls beyond 6 p.m. unless it's absolutely required in recent times. Um, also, because my part of the business has become a little more structured. My role has become a lot more structured within Glitch as also, well. Also, you so, have a fantastic CEO. <laughs> I have a fabulous CEO who takes care of a lot of the heavy lifting in that sense of the word. So, and and and, and I'm actually, um, interestingly enough, what I do at Glitch has become a lot more process focused, right? So, I, I, sure. when, I, when I say I look after the production business at Glitch, I actually focus a lot on um, how we kind of bring tech in, how we bring workflows in. I work with the rest of the agencies on that. So, um, it is seemingly like I was saying this today to someone. I was on a clubhouse chat and I said, it's almost like the difference between um, not even Bruce Wayne and Batman. It's that whole Superman and Clark Kent thing. Like Clark Kent's really like the day job is very like sorted. It's like a segmented part of my day. Um, I actually stopped working at night. Um, I hang out with Pooja and Leia till they go to bed. They go to bed quite early, which is about 8, 13, 9-ish. They both end up sleeping off. So I then sit and read. I, I, I read... Uh, most days a physical book um, and I'm in bed by 10, 30, 11. That's pretty much most of my days. So, and then the, so basically evening time is the family time. Evening time is family time and morning time as well. Interesting. But when do you do the thinking job? Like, you know, or is it oh, like... That's all oh, the time. <laughs> of course. But do you, do you feel the need to like, you know, just put yourself a little away from everything and then, okay, saying, okay, too many things, you know, going yeah. on and I need to say plan or say think or sometimes you know even for writing you need thinking yeah. that thinking time dedicated thinking time so what I actually do and I, and I found this to be a method that works for me and I feel that that's a method everybody has their own methods in that sense but um, so for instance for the podcast if it's a guest based one um, I actually do quite, try to do a 15 minute pre-chat with all my guests um, try and schedule that out in most times sometimes it doesn't work out but most times I do that um, or thankfully someone from their team will send some information across which they'd want to kind of focus on and I'll build on top of that. So uh, a lot of research for guests doesn't really take up time. Yeah. Um, on, on the on the rest of the stuff, I always have a bit uh, a lot of scribbles put down. So sometimes something, some idea will come to me because I consume content through the day when there are gaps, I listen to a podcast, I'll be reading something. Uh, at a point of time, I'm trying to read about three to four books because I can't seem to like, unless there's a book that really latches onto me, right? I'm, yeah. I'm reading... Yeah. Um, um, Guy Raz's How I Built This um, right now, which is like, um, I also was very fascinated to see how a podcast can become a book. I love the format he's taken with it. Um, so I'm actually only focusing on that right now. Uh, there's normally at least there three books happening. Um, so all of those kind of give me ideas. So whenever I get something, my literally my notes app and I have about three notebooks for separate things. I have one notebook for, for the creator side, the one notebook thing. for the book. And one notebook for, uh, which is Work. actually my journal. Um, and I have my notes scribbled everywhere over there. So before I'm writing or anything like that, I, I have something to refer to at most yeah. times. Yeah. There'll be screenshots somewhere. There'll be um, audio me voice memos actually sometimes. I realized somebody once I get a podcast, you just keep doing voice memos. So I have folders of voice memos uh, on the phone. Sure. Go back to that sometimes. So uh, most... Um, Times there is no lack of uh, inspiration, if that's the term. Um, yeah. And I also use some apps that really help me out. Um, there's some apps I've realized over time that are just genuinely great to kind of store information. 
um okay. i use one like? called i use one called readwise um okay. readwise is a great app uh, basically it syncs with your kindle um and sure. whatever you've highlighted it stores those highlights okay. and every day it throws 10 highlights at you it's almost like a daily notification that comes oh, and it shows you 10 interesting. highlights interesting so you almost it like shows revision. you highlights but i didn't know about this uh, thing it's quite it interesting it has one hack in it um uh, which i which i've actually found uh, to be the most useful part is that you can add something called supplemental books which means that if you if you read a certain book it will throw highlights from books you haven't read but are similar to the kinds you have highlighted before very interesting um so in many cases it makes me look for that book yeah and also gives me a new highlight which i might not know about um i also subscribed something called next big idea Um, yeah you told me about which this, is yeah. which is a fabulous right next we get yeah. is like one of the like i think it's it's just gold a if you look at the people who started it like you have malcolm gladwell adam grant uh-huh. daniel pink it's like it's like a a list susan kane um and um, they just feature great non fiction books and uh, they have the authors talk about five key takeaways from the book and uh, give yeah. you a link to buy of amazon from there as well so sometimes you just take a key takeaway from there um a lot of my newsletters actually inspired from key takeaways from that app um and i am which i also very clearly say it's an excerpt i haven't read the book uh, in most times just for like make sure someone doesn't tell me that how many books do you read I'm like i don't read all these books i'm i'm reading a lot of excerpts um yeah. and i feel that sometimes you don't necessarily have to um yeah read the entire book it's, actually uh, highlights i feel is like the the best way to learn because yeah, the moment the you keep way. going back and i think kindles kind of change the way we read 100%. or learn or whatever I, although weirdly enough I have started to gravitate slowly towards at least partly reading physical books from time to time. Mm. Um mm. I use this nice old school yellow highlighter which I carry around and um, have yeah yeah and those <laughs> those tags you can add into the books and stuff so yes, um yes. I find it to be a lot of fun to do that is something yeah. nice about the analog process uh pull in so yeah so it's all these are like tiny 10 15 minute slots through the day um, i try to mm. keep gaps of like 15 minutes between meetings if i can some days i can't some days i can thankfully some days meetings get cancelled so instead of going and watching netflix mm. i'll sit and work on something um so my my content consumption has gone on a lot on that front i don't watch as many shows i have a few shows i know will not miss like i finished loki's finale yesterday uh, as soon as it came out um i will fin- i will watch family man 2 as much as soon as it comes out uh, so some shows i will watch but do i have to watch everything not necessarily that's more like evening time if me and puja want to watch a movie watch a movie together so that's that's more my space in fact that was my next question that you know when you're consuming so much of uh, and i sometimes and, and this is something this is more of experience personal experience when you're consuming so much of information and you're learning and all of that there comes a time it's like bas ab mujhe gyan nahi lena hai mm. and then i want to watch crap Uh, yeah, or i yeah. want to watch i want to be entertained if if yeah. i have to put it there. that's yeah. when i move to korean dramas so for me that's uh, youtube actually yeah it's shorter um hmm. i don't have to worry about a series so huh. youtube actually there was a time i'd actually stopped going to youtube as much which was like a few years ago yeah. but in recent times like youtube's become like a great place for me to kind of go to yeah. um a maybe we It's all the algorithms, right? The good part about the algorithm is that yeah. the more you watch a certain kind of content, more It of that stuff comes the, at you. Huh. So that's been great. Um, some my problem with shows is I've never been a binge watcher. I can do mm. like two to three episodes that are short, and then I'm like, I'll if it makes me want to come back, I'll come back. I'm great at movies, 
but uh, i somehow can't like binge watching has never been something i could do the only time so, i binge watched was years ago when 24 used to be 24 episodes and you had to watch them in 24 hours which is a thing but yeah. much younger so but basically your entertainment time or whatever content entertainment content has gotten limited yeah it's uh, uh, and on purpose um, on more, purpose on sure. weekends i watch whatever i want to watch most times which is sundays even saturdays aren't that packed like if you look yeah. at it, my newsletter goes out it has to hit hit people's inboxes on Saturday morning. So I don't technically have anything to do on Saturday and Sunday. And the afternoons, if you're not watching something, I'll go in and maybe work on the book or work on some pieces. Um, I generally try to do my Varundugi show recording sometimes on a Sunday evening instead of doing the week. So in essence, it isn't as um, hectic as it might sound. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess also because if you scribble enough stuff around the place uh, and you're not trying to figure out what to, what your content has to be about, yeah. it becomes far easier. I think that's the main process. If that you can do constantly through the day, then the actual creation is, uh, like I shoot my vlogs in like an hour. Like I do two vlog shoots in an hour because I have a camera set up in place, I have lights ready. Mm, so I've, I figured a way to make it faster. Sure, sure. But tell me, you know, in all of this, so there's work, there's whatever, thinking, exercise, reading, all of that. Where does people come in? Like your, your socializing and all of that. Like how do you, I know, of course, we've been living in, yeah. in the pandemic. So it's gotten cut down to considerable extent. Yeah. But uh, do you feel, because you're doing also so much of creative work, right? Uh, one, do you feel the, the lack of it? And you feel that because of which, you know, it's difficult yeah. to kind of get inspired or whatever that term is. No, no, for sure. Um, one thing I do miss is just physically catching up with people. Um, have a lot more like, you know, WhatsApp group chats and like once yeah. in a while catch up. Uh, thankfully, um, Rohit lives upstairs. So through this Easier. entire pandemic, I've had like literally friend family upstairs. So we can just like go one floor up, one floor down. Um, do meet friends on and off. Um, but I mean, honestly, I never. I, I think over the years, there used to be the standing joke that if Varun had an option, he wouldn't go beyond a one kilometer radius from where he lives. Um, but I can also kind of fluctuate the opposite direction as well very easily. So it's not as big a deal in my head. Um, I do mm. miss going out, but um, sometimes I have the option to leave the house to just go upstairs on the roof and I don't do that. So um, it's not a, it's not a big deal as long as I stay in touch. So I'm very open to being in touch digitally. Sure. Um, I love to meet people in person, but it's not a deal breaker in the short term for me. In the long term, it's a deal breaker for me. Sure, sure. But, you know, Varun, I think, okay, let me ask you, this is this is a personal question and I'm asking a lot of it because probably I'm, I'm in a very early stage of the journey probably you're taking, right? Do you not get, like, there are days when I feel that, oh my God, like, because of this sudden explosion of information, yeah. infotainment, uh, also that need to learn so much and do better and people like you know you and me who are literally you know trying to add so many new things to what they are doing what their core jobs are right yeah. uh, suddenly I do feel overwhelmed right mm -hmm. uh, even if you're not doing multiple things uh, as someone who's in a normal job or as someone who's uh, who's learning early stage of their career and all of that you do get overwhelmed right how do you how do you figure that like, how do you manage that feeling of over? And beyond the point, what happens is then you end up giving, saying, like, just leave it and jo hoga dekha jayega types, right? I'm I'm not going to get into that, pressurize myself into that bandwagon of learning or whatever, 
whatever. How do you manage that feeling of getting overwhelmed? I mean, that's almost a constant problem, right? Um, yeah. The only thing I feel like I end up doing on autopilot now is the is advertising is dead because I have a flow now doing it for so long that um, it's more about programming the right guess uh, yeah. than everything else, and and that thankfully the IBM guys help out on a lot. Yeah. And um, so that apart from that, everything else I, I tend to take a break. Like even if my newsletter is something that is something I can't write every week. Um, you a figure ways to make it less of a strain on yourself. So initially, I would, sure. for instance, try to write like what seven, eight hundred word newsletter every week, and now it's like what two hundred words, fifty words at max, right? Um, yeah. um, I also once a month, uh, I only put recommendations. I don't even write the newsletter um, because yeah. I I also feel people enjoy that part a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you find ways to to a make sure there's some value going to your audience, but also you give yourself a break. So two hundred words is not high pressure compared to let's say a thousand words. Which I feel most people try to write in a newsletter. So that's one way. The second way is take a break. Uh, people appreciate it if you're honest with them, saying you want to take a break for some time. My newsletter newsletter goes on a break very often. I just write an email saying I'm taking a pause and um, I'll, I'm just reassessing stuff. I'm going to come back. Um, the Varun Dugi show did the same thing. I through May I generally brain did not function because of what was happening around us and. Um, I couldn't come up with stuff, so I literally said that the show is going on a break for a few weeks, and yeah. um, it's fine. In the, in the long term of creating content, if you're open about the fact that okay, I'm taking a break to to figure my process out, to get my head on straight, to do some some of the pieces that I need to do to make my content better, um, the audience does stay. It's not that big a deal. I feel the worry is this entire um, um, algorithm. <laughs> It's it's also the I, th- I think innately we have the FOMO yeah. right we want the numbers to be a certain way and all that yeah, stuff but if yeah. you're looking at it I want to figure out how I can do this for the next three four years and it hitting a certain mark um, a few weeks or a, or a month here and there will not make a difference um, that's actually why a lot of people do seasons on podcasts I've realized they want to take that yeah. two months off three two months, months off, off in a year just kind of think about it um, like I know I took my first one month break from advertising is dead after hundred episodes I wish I'd done breaks in between as well. Uh, it would have made me tweak some things which I have tweaked over time much faster. Um, so every couple of months, like you should honestly like like I'm planning to take uh, at least three odd weeks off very soon because I just generally want to take a break from things. Um, although this time I have what I've done is I've banked more, so some of the content will still kind of go out. Um, and sometimes you don't feel like it. Like I haven't put out my workout reels in a while. Uh, it's been a few weeks because I just haven't felt like putting them out. I've just yeah. been focusing on the workout yeah. and not necessarily how to shoot it. Yeah. Um, it's and it's something everybody goes through. Yeah. It's, it's interesting yeah. you asked me this because the literally before this I was watching a video of one of my favorite YouTubers. Right, his name is Matt Diavella. Um, mm-hmm. Matt Diavella is this. Um, um, I think he comes under the productivity uh, YouTuber space. I don't know what to call him. So he's a filmmaker. Um, he's one of the guys who shot all the minimalism documentaries you'll find on Netflix. Uh, he's been ah, the director okay. and DOP for okay. those. Okay. So he runs a YouTube channel, which I, which I found, because I found it very interesting. Like he would do experiments with himself. Saying I, I, I gave up caffeine for a month. And this is what happened. Or like, yeah. Um, yeah. I took a cold shower for three months every day. No hot showers. But over time, his content also evolved beyond that. He has a podcast. He has a bunch of other stuff. So he put out a video and this guy's like got a high number of subscribers, very, very, uh, you know, popular. And he said he felt the strain of saying, am I creating content because I want to or because I need to? Yeah. The date goes to the need to, you need to figure a way to pull back. So he yeah. said he used to do con- put out a YouTube video every week 
he went down to two videos a week to almost like once a month um and that made him find his um mojo back and he mojo. said literally walk away from it uh figure a way to kind of um find inspiration and then you'll come back to it and in the long term the audience won't go away i think it's interesting because a lot of friends who are artists or creators when i speak to them uh who've kind of slightly evolved in the journey who've been doing it for this thing there's a term that a lot of them we have used and which i constantly i think found relatable is being detached to the content that you put up right and being detached to that process like a lot yeah. of them keep saying that this is not what my complete life is and i will do it because i feel like doing but i guess it takes time however i think when i was asking you about the feeling of overwhelming right being overwhelmed i i think i meant more from a learning perspective that there is right. so much to learn right uh, so for example in my case even after x number of years in the business right i suddenly like the last one one and a half years i feel like like something inside me has changed where i want to learn more maybe it's also because of the information you know overload that we have right yeah. uh, that i want to learn more i want to add this as a skill i want to do this this is a lot of this feeling is a lot more very overwhelming we're all talking about is pandemic may you know and i did an entire episode with rajnayak where we mm. spoke about this is the best time to learn etc right but you do get overwhelmed and i want to ask that how do you structure that feeling ki acha itna seekhna hai itna karna hai ye bhi seekhna hai ye bhi sakna hai you do sometimes tend to lose it right how yeah. how does how do you structure that overwhelming feeling so i've always been an into cutlet so for me the problem is a little um I I don't know if it's different but I feel that so for me the problem always was that I I I like to consume a, a wide array of things I can't do one thing sure um and the problem was always finding an audience in the sense like you know after a point of time your mom or your wife will tell you to stop talking get bored stop yeah. showing me that phone stop telling me about an article stop shoving a podcast yeah. on on my face um and like my my mother very recently said that at some point i'm finding it tough to keep track with it because she very sweetly consumes everything i put out um she said at some point it's very <laughs> tough to consume everything that you are putting out i'm like i get it i don't even know why you're still trying um yeah. but um what i have realized is that if you stick to consuming the same kind of content or creating the same kind of content that's when you feel a lot more overwhelmed so yeah. advertising is dead right if i had stuck to just talking about advertising marketing and branding um i would have at some point just like you know the overwhelmness also comes from feeling stagnated at least in some extent at least that's how it works for me so i kept evolving the show um now it's a lot more business lot more startups and etc and I focus on that aspect a lot um on the other side of it honestly sometimes you need to have periods when you don't consume anything um yeah there's this interesting thing i read the other day which said that at some point because of the amount of content we consume we've forgotten how to be bored um and boredom is actually one of the key points of inspiration um and one of the key things i'm like weirdly enough consuming now is about like i've gone like deep health and um that science of things my father be happy uh, i never wanted to be a doctor but uh, somehow seem to be reading a lot more about these things now so um when uh, we daydream when our front, frontal cortex has time to think so which why when you do mundane tasks like, why do why do the best ideas come in the shower why do they come when you're doing the dishes all that stuff is because um that's when that this frontal cortex gets activated so you think about the past you obsess over the future um also one of the deepest roots of anxiety um because you know as you start think about these things anxiety comes in as well so um it's that moment when um you actually get to think of the ideas that come to yeah. you and yeah. it's at that time and when you sleep 
um, is when you know you when those things come, you should be happy, almost make mental notes and hopefully physical notes of them. So yeah, um, it's a great thing to just be bored. Actually, that practice it has helped me a lot. Mm. Taking notes. Yeah, so uh, much. I mean. I'm sure you'll relate to it. Which is why the journaling helps, right? If you wake up yeah. in the morning, first thing in the morning, if you journal, um, yeah. what you dreamt about um, in many ways, um, again, I went deep science. So I went like, what is the difference between non-REM sleep and REM sleep? And yeah, and, and, and I find the REM sleep part very interesting because that's when you actually dream when your rapid eye movement happens under your eyelids. And um, and that's when your brain's really at like, it's, it's, a, it's at peak, like, you know, there's so much happening there. So when you wake up, um, you it's kind of, a lot of the stuff is fresh in your mind. And yeah. you put that down, that's when the best ideas are really popped into your head because your brain's kind of, I call it cleansing the the cleansing the cleansing RAM of your uh, CPU. Weird geeky term to use, but fair enough. Yeah, interesting. But tell me, uh, so, you know, uh, because you're learning so much and all of that, and for ease of a lot of my audience is, 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 a, is a slightly younger audience, right? And they're all trying to learn. They're all trying to get better at whatever they're doing or uh, when there is so much of learning out there for us to consume, how do you actually, what do you say? I mean, if the, if that's the right word, how do you internalize, internalize that learning, right? How do you, so you consume content, all of that, but how do you actually execute it? Or I mean, how do you actually make sure that you're making use of it? What is your process for that? So I actually don't. So, okay, here's how I put it. Um, find a few people whose content you want to consume and learn from. Um, mm. And in many times, just stick to that and look at the people they reference. Um, so if, for instance, I found, uh, let me think for an example, I discovered Adam Grant by finding his podcast first and then all his books. And through his books, I found many other pieces. Who uh, uh, He was connected. I, yeah, I remember he went as a guest on um, on Pivot, which is, I think, which is Kara Swisher and Scott Galloway's podcast. That's I found that podcast. Through that, I found Scott Galloway. So, uh, the good part is, um, there's this book called, um, I think it's in Show Your Work, if I remember right. But it says, build your own um, family tree of consumption. Where you're saying, okay, this is these are like one, two people I really want to consume from. Don't have to go to a hundred people all the time. You, you feel overwhelmed when you hear too many voices. Focus on a few, many times even reread or reconsume what they're putting out there. And then through that, find almost a pipeline of more people, but keep refining that. You don't have to consume everything all the time, um, which is I have an issue with, let's say, for instance, breaking news. I think breaking news, the problem is it's always there. So I don't like read um, slightly more well-written, well-researched articles in that sense. So always keep pruning out what you consume. Um, and from there, how do you remember it? Is that if you have lesser things that you consume from, um, you also over time either make mental notes or you need to have a system of remembering, which is either you take notes yourself, you find a way to share it. Because I feel that like maintenance, when you're trying to verbalize or put down what you've learned, yeah. you tend to retain it better. So yeah. there's this thing they say that if you actually write physically on a piece of paper versus typing it out, your brain remembers it. Because in many ways, you're talking to your brain and telling it to remember things. So yeah. if, if you write it on physically, even if you want to take, which is the whole classroom notes things work, right? I mean, in yeah. hindsight, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was the whole point. If you write it down physically, pen on paper, your brain's retaining it far better than if you type it onto a laptop. Same as with journaling because yeah, you're exactly. actually processing. Exactly. So that's the only way. Um, and it's fine if you forget things, to be honest. 
um which is like you need to reread things from time to time like i go mm. i have some of my favorite books which i go back to from time to time um mm. i don't consume all podcasts in linear format i'll sometimes find a guest i want to listen to agree so don't force yourself to over consume just find the right set of people to consume but uh, and just stick to them and find newer ones and then refine that down but keep like a i'd say a finite number of uh, sources of consumption so finite number of sources of consumption rereading or re-referring yeah. to yeah. and pruning down your uh, yeah. content this thing yeah. so minimalism ultimately yeah yeah for sure this is actually an interesting to- system right um uh this author called Ryan Holiday whose books and yes, content i consume stoicism. a lot uh, yeah stories yeah. i'm really like it's gotten me through the pandemic to be honest like it's one of those yeah. things which i've really turned back on to um i remember when i read this one thing which said that um, focus on the things that you can control and not the stuff that is out of your control um, exactly. which i think is so powerful because we've been in a world oh. where we have no control on so many things right yeah, as long as yeah. you can focus on what you have some level of control we over. have no control on anything actually yeah except for like a few things like we could pick it off like our hand and and count that out and so he has a system in which he writes his, writes his books which is supremely analog but uh-huh. it's 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 so interesting is he physically makes these note cards So whenever he finds something which he likes in a book, he physically writes it down on a note card, and he files them basis categories into this big box. So when wow. he's writing a book and he has to reference a story connected to something, he goes back to that box and he finds how it like almost like filing cabinets. He's filed them yeah. out. Yeah. So he doesn't even remember it. He's literally almost made his own version of referencing. Um, and yeah. he has a video of that on YouTube, which is I thought that's like hardcore. Like I I don't think I would ever be able to do that much, yeah. but. um he reads his really like large books and philosophy and everything else and stories but he's really been able to file that out which is why he writes a book a year which, is, wow. which is, i think is like it's madness right he's done like 10 to 11 books now over the last decade uh and he can only do that because he has this system like he keeps filing referring to that and that's how he just fills in the gaps very interesting interesting i think it's also got to do like i i find the guy very interesting because because of the entire philosophy that he has yeah. taken to unnerve right stoicism yeah. and uh, greek philosophers philosophers se pata nahi kaun kaun se philosophers ne philosophers ne i i think I, they've tried to unravel it through history and all of that which yeah. is very very interesting and he's figured a way to in a modern sense really present it to an audience i think is great right Simpler imagine form. ancient yeah. philosophy is found a way to make it relatable um and he's an advertising guy by the way <laughs> oh i didn't know that So he his first book um I think was called Stop It I Am Lying or something like that um huh. he his first couple of books were focused more on like marketing he he wrote like a book on growth hacking uh, growth marketing um huh. one more I think on the whole Gawker uh, controversy that happened and then he suddenly wrote uh, one um book on stoicism and now that's become his thing but uh, interestingly enough he also runs a brand consultancy which is still operate which um i think i don't know how how much time he spends on that but it is a part of what he does which i find very, very intriguing that this guy which also is, does that yeah i mean uh, i think to to some extent gary v is also trying to do similar stuff uh gary v is a very different animal uh, in the sense okay let me put it this way um now this is like i think the content part is is about balancing out how much you consume of one person yeah i can't do gary v all the time i used to be a person who used to consume a lot of gary v Huh. um and he even says that you shouldn't consume my content all the time because all he repeats a lot of stuff 
He's Thanks. just repackaging. I mean, a lot of stuff, repurposing. Fabulous what businessman. He says. Yeah. <laughs> knows how to kind of get things. What he's doing with NFTs right now, in hindsight, yeah. people might just say is like, was much before its time, you know, great timing. Yeah. At some point, I feel it's become a little too much. At least for me to consume. Um, because my worry with hustle culture, hmm. primarily, and the reason why people get overwhelmed today why a 18 year old wants to suddenly have everything achieved before they're 19 or that people want to do everything now when it's all like hustle you know um, again I'm going back to sleep because someone said this that when people say that you know I'll sleep when uh, I'll sleep when I'm uh, dead is what mm. they said right? with the whole hustle culture thing that you know sleep is yeah. sleep is for the week every, every minute is important and, and then like if you sleep when you're dead you'll die sooner because you're not sleeping yeah right? um, so at some point I think we're coming to that level now across the world where it's all like I totally pro unhustle, right? In hindsight, um, because I feel that the more we're pushing people to hustle and to say you need it now, the more it's just going to become, um, you know, people are going to get more overwhelmed, anxiety will go up. Um, failure will also be looked at as something like, you know, as much as we say failure is a stepping stone to success and all that stuff. Um, you also need time to process things between failures. And if you don't do that, um, you're just going to keep running. And at some point, you're just going to be so exhausted, you don't, you won't know what to do. Interesting. Okay, we're, I think we've, we've spoken a lot. I might, I can go on and on asking <laughs> you <laughs> too many questions. But, but slightly, a slightly very philosophical question or whatever, mm. slightly more broader question. But if you have to advise a 20-year-old, right, who's just starting with a job, uh, who's exposed with a lot of information, but who, who has the potential or can build the potential of doing things and, you know, things beyond, because we all know, we've all been saying that you have the potential to do things beyond the job or whatever. What is your advice? Or I don't know. I mean, what is your advice to a 20-year-old to become better at what he's doing in life? in career how do you look at it um find one thing that you know that will get you financial freedom sure. and on the side make sure that at some point you're figuring a way to you don't have it doesn't have to be a content creator but find a way to express the stuff that you would do for no money they don't necessarily have to be the same thing and, and i feel that's really important to think about is that you don't have to um, find your passion early on and focus only on that. At sometimes you find your passions much later on in life. Mm. Also takes away the pressure of like I found mine at like what 37, 38. Um, and um, Same. but focus on something that gives you financial independence. Um, I wish I had looked at it that way in my early twenties. I was I had a very terrible early twenties just from like how I did not focus on career, failed continuously. Uh, went through many and very by chance somehow got into a mass comm college and that's kind of where my turning point happened and all that stuff but um, do the work in your 20s and and really try stuff out the best thing about the 20s is you get to try stuff out in your career you get to explore areas which you don't know about like if I count my 20s I worked in a call center um, I um, uh, worked as a promoter in a bar I have um my call center was great though. Uh, very interesting experience. I've, I've worked for AOL cancellations for about, for many months. Um, I've worked at MTV as a production assistant, producer, um, have produced almost all kinds of shows that they had and channel we had. Um, at Glitch itself, over the last 12 years, I've had so many different roles from handling backend to content yeah. to directing. 
to randomly sitting in a promo shoot where they couldn't get an actor so i'm the guy with these boxers down sitting on a on a commode of all things um mm. try stuff out and and if you keep trying stuff out you will find things that you really enjoy which you didn't know about like i didn't think yeah. i would enjoy writing as much as i do um yeah. so i think that financial independence part is very important um mm. and if if you believe that you being a creator today is going to give you financial independence Try that journey. out, but on the side, also make sure you have a backup plan. I feel that yeah. some point we forget that you need a backup plan for that. Um, and uh, if you actually study the creator economy, and I have been trying to do that, and if you look at the articles, yes, it became a creator economy because creators realized they could start businesses connected to them being creators, which is in a sense the new small business is a creator business. Um, yes. So eventually comes back to the set of things. So if you have experience in business, you have experience in doing stuff as part of a job or a career, you will actually do far better as a creator um in the long run um than you will the other way around. Yeah. Um so yeah, so just you don't need to do it. You have, don't have to do everything in your life in your 20s. Somebody actually uh, tweeted this today uh, and I was I thought that's a fabulous tweet. They said that everyone talks about I want to hit success fast. Uske baad kya karoge? which is true like everyone wants to succeed and yeah. get everything right now she's like what are you going to do after that and like that's so true i think most importantly what i've learned through especially in the last like 6 7 years of uh, being you know doing all sorts of things doing some fabulous work all of that then turning an entrepreneur and now doing all of this right i think the most important part in all of this is does it make you happy do you yeah. enjoy the journey now right yeah. forget about ki main is position pe pahunch jaunga ya us position pe you know i'm yeah. going to reach there and all of that is is all we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow yeah. uh, this is something uh, something tanmay said on my podcast right and i like that's one of my favorite piece like that episode for me is one of my favorite episodes of all time but this one thing he said he asked me this question he said what would you do for the rest of your life for no money um yes. and i said i'll podcast and he said and that's something you should continue to do it doesn't necessarily have to earn you money you can do that and build a career elsewhere um and you will do it because it makes you happy, happy. you're not doing it because it makes you money if it makes you money yeah. great that's a great add on it doesn't have to i mean if you can do both together that's great but bring yourself to the point when the switch doesn't make it tough on you or family and everybody else Yeah, I agree. I agree. This is so interesting, and I could, I think, every part <laughs> of it I could relate because probably going through that early stages of that journey uh, myself. I mean, it's been seven, eight months now for the podcast, and uh, hoping. Uh, I think for me, the podcast has been more of while I'm enjoying, but I'm there's so much of learning involved. Yeah. While you know, I get some really fabulous guests and talk to them. Being a uh, podcaster so, is like having weekly learning sessions and therapy sessions all in one. Is what I oh hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, the amount of women I've spoken to, uh, it's interesting because uh, the name of the podcast came because I had so much to ask. Right, women. I said, "Chalo, isko podcast me convert kar dete hain." Being a agent. all your life you have yeah. done is packaged content so yeah. i said chalo let me try and do it myself and now after and this is where pivoting happened now after having after having spoken to 15 women i realized this is not just women this is also men and it's interesting yeah. because varun you and pooja are the first probably couple who've come <laughs> on my podcast yeah. and who've spoken actually about the same subject both from a 
man and a woman perspective so i'm hoping you know i can do some uh, flow charting and yeah. <laughs> create notes and see if there are similarities or <laughs> dissimilarities if that's if there's a word like that we we, we complete the picture i guess in many ends <laughs> yes yes so i'm so glad you know you could give me time and we could you know just generally chat yeah i'm so happy to be with this that i always feel like when i do these chats it makes me think about a lot of stuff which i haven't verbalized but somehow end up verbalizing in in a, in a podcast so So I hope thank you for this. I hope I was able to ask you the right kind of questions which could probably help lot more people. I I I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to get a lot of uh, value from this. Thanks a ton. Thank you Varun. Thank you Vijay. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, then do follow me on social media for more updates and short format content. You can search me by the name Anshu Patni Singhi on Instagram and on Twitter. If you have suggestions please write to me or message me on Instagram and Twitter. I'll be back the next week.